welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's sermon. Enjoy, and God bless. Well, today we're going to uh, be reading from Ephesians chapter 6, if you will please turn there. And I want to, uh, again, I want to welcome our online viewers. Thank you for joining us today, as well as those who are going to view this message in the future. Ephesians chapter 6, and you can turn there, you can follow on the wall behind me. And I'm reading today from the New King James Version. And Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with our service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the blessed breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all supplication, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that you also may know my affairs and how I am doing. Tychius, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your hearts. Peace to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Stretch forth your hands to a Toby Nine as I pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we bless and honor your name. 
God, we come today to be in your presence, to worship you, to fellowship with one another, to grow in our faith and in our commitment to your church. Holy Spirit, I yield my members to you, sir. Have your way today in these next few moments. Speak to the people of God. As I open my mouth before them, God, I open my ears to heaven. And I say, Lord, have your way in this place. Hide me behind your anointing. Let man not be, 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 be seen, but let the word of God be heard and released in this house today. Lord, and at the end, may each of our hearts be challenged by your word and by your spirit. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Bless the people of God in this house, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Mario. Well, today we're going to conclude the series we've been doing from the book of Ephesians entitled The Journey of a Jesus Follower with the message, One Final Word. One Final Word. This letter, which has been the subject of our study for the past few months, though written to the church at Ephesus, was meant to be circulated and read in other churches. This Ephesians is a very important epistle that was written by the Apostle Paul. In this book, he highlights the supremacy of Christ. He gives information on the nature of the church and on how we church members are to live in this world, how we as individual members of the body of Christ are to live in this world. If I'm in the monitor, take me out, please. In this letter, Paul talks about the believer's call to responsibility or to be responsible, please hear me, with the things of God. You are to be responsible with the things of God. He talks about the mandate. He gives a mandate for the followers of Christ to live a pure life before the Lord. He writes about the believer's call to live in a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. And finally, here in chapter 6, Paul writes about the believer's responsibility to engage in spiritual warfare and to win the battle. He writes about our responsibility individually and as a church to engage in spiritual warfare and win the battle. Today is Team Colors Day. A day to support your favorite team if you have one. 
by wearing their colors. And though we may have different colors on today, we, because we have, may have different teams that we root for, there is one thing that we all have in common. We all want our team to win. We want our team to win. It is no different when it comes to spiritual warfare. We engage in battle to win. We engage to advance God's kingdom. We engage to push back the powers of hell. We engage to aid one another in our individual battles because when one of us win in this war, that one victory positively affects the whole. As a member of the body of Christ, I am better off when you win your battle. I'm better off when you win. So you winning matters to me. You knowing how to, and I'm going to use this term because today we're talking about teams, how to play this game in the right way matters to me. Now, we understand this is not a game, okay? I'm using that term because we're talking about teams. The book of Ephesians establishes many key points of understanding and revelation. Points that are intended to teach us the importance of winning the battles that we engage in. And as it is with any team, we must play together. We must fight together. We must figure out what my role is on the team and then carry out that role because when each one of us is effective in carrying out our role the whole is better. So one of the themes that we find throughout the book of Ephesians is Paul stressing the need for us to live a unified life. And his words echoes the prayer that was prayed by Jesus for us in John 17, 21. And Jesus said, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be one in us. Or may they be in us, and I believe we can add to that, and be one in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. And again, please understand, I'm going to use some loose terms today because I want you to relate to this from a team perspective. How you play this game matters. The perspective you take matters. 
Your understanding of being unified matters. As followers of Christ, we're to live as one in unity with one another. A unity that is being challenged in the American church today due to the highly politicized, immensely polarized, and extremely exasperated, exasperated, divisive spirit that has filled this land. And we as a church have fallen for the okie-doke. We've fallen for the okie-doke. We've allowed ourselves to become politicized more so than kingdomized, if there's such a word. We've allowed ourselves to become too polarized instead of preferring one another. The Bible, my Bible that I read, tell me I'm to prefer you over me. We got to learn how to live this thing out, guys. Because in every game, whatever game your team engages in, there's something that's very important about them winning. They must play by the rules. If we're going to win this thing, we must play by the rules. And guess what? We don't get to make the rules up. Listen, the world don't get to make the rules up. Your political affiliation, whoever party you are for, does not get to make the rules up. Your race, your culture, your social status does not get to make the rules up. The rules are clearly defined here in the word of God. And the only way we win as a team is we play by God's rules. Because of the cross of Jesus, his body, the church should not be divided along the lines of race, sex, politics, nationality, social rank, or anything else. Yet we are. Yet we are. As Christians, we must understand that we're on the same team. And then start acting and living like we are. It's one thing to know. It's something else to say. But it's something altogether to do. We must stop talking the talk, guys, and start walking the walk. We've all been made alive in Christ Jesus by faith in the saving grace of God. For apart from God's grace, there is no hope for any of us. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what political party you're part of. It, there's no hope for you apart from God's grace. And the same grace given to us by God, we're to give to others no matter what differences there may be. One, perhaps the, my wife said, say it again. So I got to say it again. 
We've all been made alive in Christ Jesus by faith in the saving grace of God. For apart from God's grace, there's no hope for any of us. And the same grace that God has given to us, we're to give to others. No matter what differences there may be. One of perhaps the greatest revelation brought forth in Ephesians is Paul's revealing of God's mysterious plan. A mystery that Paul said was hidden from the beginning of times. And that mystery is God's plan to make Jew and Gentile one people. One people. Ephesians 2.14 says, Christ united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Let your question. If Jesus has broken down the wall of hostility that separated us, why do we keep building it back? Why do we keep building the wall or the walls that separate? I believe we, I believe we rebuild it. Because we do not understand the danger that those wall poses. We don't understand. Paul starts chapter 6 by addressing the relationship between parents and children. To the children, he writes, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. He said, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. That is God's promise to children. Especially, please hear me, adult children. See, our small children... Are to obey us. Our adult children are to honor us. They're to honor us. Hmm. And Paul said, please hear me. If you are an adult and you have a parent, a parent is still alive. Listen to what Paul says. If you honor your parents, things will go well with you and your life will be long. If that is true, then so is the opposite. If you do not honor your parents, things will not go so well and your life will be short. Now, it's amazing that in these, and there's a distinction here, but in, these, in, this, in this, these couple of verses, Paul, there are two things that children are told to do. Number one, they're told to obey. And number two, they're told to honor. And there's a difference between the two. To obey means to do as one is told. Your young children, children, if you're at home with your parents, you're to obey them. That means you do what they tell you to do. And don't mouth back. Don't go, oh, shucks, mama, I don't want to. 
<laughs> oh, is that your brother? He turned his brother's in. <laughs> You're my man, you know that? It's okay. <laughs> You're to obey your parents. To honor means to love and respect. Children are to obey while under their parents' care, but the command to honor is for life. Adult children are not commanded, however, to be subservient to domineering parents, but they are told to honor them. And I know sometimes that gets tricky, doesn't it? That gets tricky. But you got to play by the rules of the game. Doesn't matter how tricky it gets. Okay? It doesn't matter what you may think, what you may feel, what so-and-so may say it all, you know, yo. No. You got to honor your parents. You got to respect your parents. And these guidelines that Paul gives us here, they're for the family that belongs to Christ, to the Lord. And they're not necessarily expected to work outside of a Christian home. Thus the term, in the Lord. Now, how about us Fathers. Fathers, we are instructed to not provoke our children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Listen, we know you're in control. But you don't have to beat your child up to prove it. And I'm not just talking about physically, I'm talking about verbally. Emotionally, but you're to treat them the way God treats you. You're to treat them the way God treats you. In the Lord, these are important instructions given to us so that we would know how to live how to play, and how to win as a team. In verses 5 through 9, Paul addresses the relationship between bond servants and masters. To us, these verses speak to our responsibility and our integrity on the job. As a Christian, you should do your job as if Jesus was your supervisor. And as a Christian, Christian employer or supervisor, you should treat employees fairly and with respect as if Jesus himself was working for you. How would you work on your job if you knew you were reporting to Jesus? And how would you take care of your employees if you knew Jesus was working for you? No matter whom you work for or who works for you, the one you ultimately want to please is your Father in heaven. Again, important instructions on how we're to live and win as a team. In verses 10 through 12, Paul writes from the NLT a final word. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. 
For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Paul starts the last theme in Ephesians by saying, let me give you one final word. And that one final word has to do with spiritual warfare. Paul concludes this amazing book by talking about the battle that every believer in Christ engages in. Whether you believe it or not, whether you want to or not, you or you as a believer in Christ, as a follower of Christ, you will engage in a spiritual battle. This one last word of Paul. This one final word is not written as in conclusion, but rather Paul is saying, insofar as the rest of your life and its challenges are concerned, let me tell you what to do. He goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because we cannot fight and win this battle. We cannot play and win this game without God's spiritual weapons of warfare. We cannot do it. Too many have tried it and they got their clocks clean. You must fully arm yourself with, with God's spiritual weapons. And one of the most important things we must do in this battle that too many in the church fails to do is discern between the spiritual struggles we engage in and our social, our personal, racial, or political affiliations. When we fail to discern, please hear me, when we fail to discern the real enemy, The real enemy. When we fail to discern the real enemy, the church finds herself in the place where the American church is today. Easily detoured and fighting against human adversaries instead of prayerfully warring against the invisible works of hell. And guess what? Satan loves it. He loves it. So he purposely uses people to stir up stuff to get on our cross, so to speak, to get our mind off of praying against the evil so that we start fighting against each other. You see, if, if I'm going to spend my time fighting you, brother, fighting against what you, what you are convicted by, fighting against what has made you and shaped you, I'm not engaging in spiritual warfare. That's why Paul said, listen, you're not fighting against flesh and blood. You got to get this. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're called to war in the heavenly places, not here on earth. 
We're called to fight against the powers of hell, not against flesh and blood. There are so many spiritual resources available to the church that we're not using. We're not using heaven's resources. And we're not using them because we're too busy fighting with each other. When we engage in fighting against flesh and blood, Christ's authority over evil that he's given to us becomes moot. Even useless. As if it does not even exist. Instead of the church living and behaving like we're seated with Christ in heaven, we roll around in man's agenda. We find ourselves living, acting, behaving like lost souls instead of redeemed souls. Paul said in Ephesians 3.10, God wants to display his wisdom through the church to the confounding of evil powers. But when I look at the church, I cannot help but wonder who's confounded about what they see. God or the powers of hell. One final word. When. When. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the evil. One Final word, win. Win by knowing that flesh and blood is not your enemy, so stop fighting one another. Remember whose team you're on. The team you represent today by the colors you're wearing cannot have success if they turn on each other. Listen, I'm an LSU fan, and I would love nothing better then next week, when LSU is playing Alabama, all of a sudden, Alabama gets mad at each other, and they just start fighting each other on the field. The quarterback gets mad at the receiver because he's not running the right route, so instead of, run, turn it, instead of throwing it to his man, he throws it to my man. Yeah. Or instead of giving the ball to the halfback, they, they let the linebacker come through and give it to the linebacker. I love nothing better than that. Is that not the way we play? Is that not the way we play in this game of life? We're not passing the ball to each other. We're giving it to the enemy. And we think we're doing good. Maybe we need to send a a memo to Nick Saban saying, help me make my point next week. Because there are people in Madison, Alabama who need to understand what it means to play by the rules of the game. You got to know whose team you're on. (laughs) How can we win if we're not together? How can we win if we do not make a commitment to come together and start playing like we're on the same team? The American church will remain largely ineffective in bringing about real change if we don't get this thing together. Hmm. Discern who you're fighting against. 
arm yourself with God's weapons of warfare and go to war. Your fight is not against flesh and blood, but against real demonic powers. This is not a game. We face a real army with the goal to defeat the church that Jesus is building. And although we are assured of victory because Christ has already won, we must engage in this fight until Christ returns or until God calls us home. And these are the weapons of warfare that God has given us to use in this fight. He's given us his truth as a belt. Are you wearing your belt? He's given us his righteousness as a breastplate. He's given us his peace so that wherever we go, his peace follows us. He's given us his faith to shield us from Satan's attacks. He's given us his salvation to guard our minds, to protect our thoughts, to make sure that we have the right perspective in life. Lastly, God has given us his word as an offensive weapon to attack the enemy with. Now, please note that there is nothing in the arsenal that God has given to us that has anything to do with politics, race, color, sex, or creed. Nothing. One last word. Win. If you will make the commitment to win your individual battle, it helps the whole team to win. So help us win by honoring and respecting your fellow team members. Help us win by doing your part to make the team better. Help us win by honoring your parents. Help us win by not provoking your children to wrath. Help us win by being the best employee you can be. Help us win by treating those who work for you the same way you want to be treated. Help us win by living out your identity in Christ. Help us win by refusing to be drawn into a worldly way of thinking. But think kingdom-minded. Help us win by discerning who the real enemy is. Help us win by putting on the whole armor of God. Help us win by having done all to stand. Stand. Help your team, the church of Jesus Christ, win by honoring God in all that you do or say. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not shall not prevail against it. Those words tells us that the church Jesus is building will be victorious. But like the game your favorite team plays, 
There are certain things they must do to win. They must play until the end. They must play together as a team. And they must play by the rules of the game. Paul concludes this amazing book with these words in verses 23 and 24. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. Peace. And may the God, and may God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who loves our Lord Jesus Christ. I leave you with one final word. Win. What is it? Win. Come on, let's say it together. Win. We win together when you win your battle. Play by the rules. Respect your team members. Honor God. When you do, we win. Put on the whole arm of God, and we win. Amen. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad that you were able to hear this message to be encouraged and empowered in your journey of following Jesus. If you would like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website by going to 